Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hello, squirrel friends, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. It's Fab here, founder and teacher at Alt Marketing School. And for this special bonus roundup, I'm bringing you a wonderful, wonderful teacher from our wonderful, wonderful masterclasses that is dropping next week at time of listening. So if you're listening when it comes out, this class is going to come out pretty much in a, in a heartbeat, in a blink of an eye. Um, so Andrea, hello and welcome. And thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so excited to talk about hiring with you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> We've been recording a lot for everybody, just, just for context. This beautiful human being had to deal with 70 million different instructions already, and I am very grateful. So hello and welcome to the pod. This is going to be a slightly different pace from your wonderful recording. Um, how are we feeling after that since we're really fresh from recording as well? Yeah, no, I was telling you before, I, I'm in Florida, and so I turned off all my fans, all my AC, so we can have beautiful audio for the audience. So I'm sweating, and I might be losing it a little bit. So that's... <laughs> That is totally okay. But otherwise, I'm feeling good. The adrenaline's pumping. Um, I'm having a good time. <laughs> that is totally fine. And to be honest, we're actually talking about a really important topic, one of my favorite topics. We're going to kind of dive deep into some questions today as well, so that if you want to actually access the masterclass and join us, it gives you a bit of an understanding of some of the challenges that some of us might face when it comes to hiring and getting organized and prepared for that next step in scaling our business, scaling our team, maybe whatever that might be. And, um, I think in itself is such a big topic. And I love the fact that we were able together to break it down with lots of storytelling, which we want to give kudos to Andrew as well, because big fan of storytelling, but also kind of reminding us that at the end of the day, it's really what allows us then to focus more on what we love doing. And I think that is so important. Um, for the sake of this wonderful app, can you remind us once again, who you are about your wonderful brilliance? 
uh, just to set the scene about, you know, why you're so passionate about this and other topics are related to, you know, systems and working more efficiently and smarter. Yeah. So my name is Andrea Reeves. I'm the founder of Type C Creative. And basically, I help people build rebellious systems, which is why Fab and I connected so, uh, so easily. Um, and my background is in corporate communications and also operations. And so I've been around the hiring process a lot. I myself have been a candidate <laughs> quite many times. And as someone who is neurodiverse, a woman of color, like I feel like sometimes companies miss a lot of things and they miss a lot of people. And so I just really am passionate about making sure that people have the resources that they need to feel good in their job. And that as founders, we have the, uh, streamlined processes to be able to do it confidently so that we can get back to doing what we want to do. And also, uh, you know, can invest in our employees and make sure that they are taken care of. That is amazing. That is so spot on. And especially if you're hiring for the first time, or if you're hiring in a different setting, the wall, maybe your old work settings were, I think there's a lot of shifts and changes that will happen. But I love that from your philosophy and belief, and obviously what we're teaching in the masterclass, the concept is still the same. It's really like values first, is understanding like the story, understanding how things work in a way that really makes people feel part of something and excited to actually learn more about not just the job, but also everything that comes with it, which I think it's so important as well. So I've got some questions for us uh, just to kind of set the tone as well. One of the questions that I think a lot of us have, especially when it comes to talking about our story, about us, who we are and what we do, is also understand how to design our company culture or what that does encompass. And I think for some of us, it can be hard to actually understand how to, yes, look at a good fit for our company, even if it's small, and also how to actually still champion the individuality of the different people so that we can champion that diversity that we want within our space and obviously our company. So the long story short of this question is, how can we find a balance between first, I think, understanding really what our company culture is and also present it in a way that can be clear to people that you know they are welcomed within it basically what I'm trying to say is what if people are struggling to actually find the communication piece communication is a big part of what you do and I think a lot of people are stumbled to be like how do I explain to people that I want to welcome different people but also this is kind of how my company has been built what do you think are some of the things that people need to remember when trying to navigate that yeah I think focusing on your values, um, honoring your values, but also I think this starts at the interview process, you know, honoring other people's voices and values and the way that they feel about work. Just, I, I think a lot of the times we like make this individuality piece and this like championing piece, like very complicated. And I think the interview process, especially is such a great way to make people feel heard and even express the fact that like, you know, I am someone who has my own company and I value this. And so I want to show you that I value it. So, you know, in the interview process, asking questions like, um, what do you value most in the workplace? Like, what do you feel is um 
what do you feel as an environment, a manager, a team, like what environment do you thrive in? Like just offering opportunities for them to express their individuality and potentially share some of that authenticity. It, it, it It's hard when, when we feel like we're masked, people notice that. And so then they're going to be masked. Like I've been in interviews before where someone's like, listen, I am a recovering control freak and I know this about myself and da 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 And then I felt like I could say, I'm a little bit of a control freak too. And like, this is how, so I just feel like opening with authenticity helps build uh, a space where people feel like they can be themselves. I also think challenging your beliefs around work and like what it is supposed to be and what it needs to look like there are some things as part of your business that will be non-negotiable. Um, those That's the values piece. But when it comes to like actually how things get done or, you know, working from home versus the office, nine to five versus being more flexible, there are things that like me coming from a corporate background, I feel like, oh, well, this is how they've been done. So I just have to do that. And that's just not true. And so I think challenging even some of the things you think might be requirements and realizing that maybe they're not. And then some like very specific things, I think encouraging people who don't feel like they maybe meet all of the requirements of your job, encouraging them to apply anyway, like actually in the job description. I think people who don't fit into the category of like cis het white men often hold themselves to an impossible standard of like, well, if I don't meet a hundred percent of this, then I'm just going to count myself out and I'm not going to do it. So I think even just naming, like if you're interested in this job and you don't feel like you are fully qualified, please reach out, like please apply. Um, also giving people options in the application process to express themselves authentically. So maybe you have like a writing you give them options, like you can write in, you can send a voice memo, you can send a video, like giving them an opportunity to express themselves even within the application process. And it's more fun too, for you to be able to look through those and see people, you know, be creative instead of just looking at a bunch of resumes that are boring. <laughs> so much of this is so much gold. So first of all, I'm going to do my usual dance. That's the happy <laughs> dance, all the gold, gold dance. And a couple of notes that I want to reiterate because I love them so much, actually borrowing from our two graduates, uh, Rochelle and Vanessa, who um, both did a podcast with us on different topics, like, you know, talking about their experience with their work and Vanessa, first and foremost, um, that's a bit of an older episode. And what I love that she mentioned that since everybody's been quoting as one of their favorite things I've heard on the podcast is a work with me guide for people that come into your team. So it goes a bit further along the interview stage piece, but I think it's a great kind of follow-up to what you mentioned as well. And it's just, you know, asking your people to share what are their favorite systems and what are their preferred ways of communication, what are some of the boundaries they set, and actually seeing as something that can be valued. I think that can be, you know, you especially as a manager, for example, managing people has been something that I've been doing for almost 10 years now, even just by running my company. And what I realize is that being able to, make people feel comfortable to be this is actually what my boundaries are when it comes to my time or the type of tools that I you know make it comfortable for me to actually communicate instead of overwhelming I think is really really important 
then finding that compromise, it, for example, is a tool that you don't use or, or if it's something that doesn't necessarily fit with some other needs. But opening up that conversation, I think it's so powerful. So the work with me guide is adorable and you can do it as a presentation. People can do it as a video. It goes back to kind of, as you say, allowing people to do things in a format that is more comfortable for them. That's one that I love. And the other thing I wanted to reiterate, because you mentioned it as well, and this goes back to Rochelle, which is one of the most recent podcast episodes. That one, I know the number, episode 149, if you want to listen to it. Um, she talks a lot about, actually, one of the biggest lessons she learned was from one of our managers who said something along those lines. Again, go listen to the episode. Uh, you know, what was surprising is that he said, well, if you want a job, you know, as long as I can see that I can fit 70% of those tasks, they're all requirements, I will apply anyway. It doesn't yeah. have to be 100%. And I think that's very refreshing. But sadly, when I was looking at some things myself for the to prepare for this chat, especially, I was looking at some of the job positions and I was like, if I were a new marketer looking for a marketing job, it would feel so you know, so overwhelming because it looks like I already need to have 10 years of experience, but that's if I want a job and not an internship, I don't see, I can't find it because yeah. I'm like, well, I don't have the experience in all these tools, in all these things. And I think that's, I don't know, I want to hear your opinion. That's my second question actually is how do we think we can balance obviously bringing people in, but also reminding them and encouraging them to know that we can give them some training and mentoring. How important do you think is that training and mentoring piece when bringing new people into our vision, regardless of the type of job they might be you know, we might be looking for. Yeah. Before I answer that, I want to go back to your last point. Um, because I remember a time when, um, I was a part of an organization who was hiring for someone. And one of the requirements they said was they had to have a bachelor's degree. And there was some pushback because it was one of those things where it's like, do they like, <laughs> especially with like, education now, at least in the US is like very complex, very expensive. And like, I think getting serious and getting honest about what is actually required to do this job, because you don't want to hire someone who's going to be way in over their head. But like, just thinking like, do they actually need this level of education to do this? Or do they actually need to have 10 years of experience to do this job? Well, do I have the capacity to train and mentor someone who maybe is a little bit more green? I think just like doing a little bit more challenging on like what those requirements actually are and is helpful. So for uh, mentoring and guidance and another point that you mentioned too about having a work with me guide, I think sometimes as managers or as people who are managing people, we try to fill in the gaps ourselves instead of just <laughs> um, instead of being like, hey, like, what are you struggling with? Or like, what would you like to learn more about? You know, is there any part of my job that you want to shadow or that you want to learn more about? Like just giving more opportunity to ask questions and be curious with our team. Um, asking questions like, what makes you feel the most supported in a workplace? Or like, how do you learn best? giving them an opportunity to share what will be helpful for them instead of guessing and trying to fill in the gaps uh, that maybe aren't even there because we all are different. We all have different styles and methods of communication. So yeah, I think starting the, 
the process of someone new of just being really curious and asking a lot of questions. And you don't have to change yourself or your communication style or your management. Like there is compromise there, but just getting getting more clear on how everyone operates allows for more collaboration to figure out, okay, how do we make this work? How do we uh, adjust to each other when we need to versus, you know, how do we use this as individual strengths that actually make the team, you know, stronger? Another question that I have then is how do we then continue that process of, you know, checking in and learning for our team, especially if we go back to the idea of maybe bringing different people from different experience levels. Even if it is, I want to add, even if you are looking for somebody that maybe you think will have a bit more experience, for example, let's use the virtual assistant as an example. That could be a great example of whether it's personal or virtual assistant, you would still want to be looking for somebody that can have at least some a set of skill sets that allows you to save that time of actually having to train them. So how do we find a balance then to remember to still fill, again, fill the gaps in a good way, if you know what I mean, fill the learning or knowledge gaps for them? How do we find that balance between doing that and not getting stuck into doing that all? I think first, there's nothing wrong if you are in a phase of life where you don't feel you have the capacity to train someone at a certain level that's very valid like um but i think to like having regular check-ins in some capacity whatever that looks like between you and your team so you know whether it's a zoom call or maybe you're on boxer or like you have um like google doc check-ins whatever it is just having regular touch bases where you're able to talk to each other not about tactical things but just more so development things and like getting like getting pulse checks. Um, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be weekly. There was a job I had where we would meet weekly for one-on-ones and I would like run out of things to talk about because I'm like, I don't know. And it would actually cause more stress than anything else. So I think, again, having that uh, collaboration, asking what feels most supportive to you. Do you need or do you want a one-on-one every week or would you prefer it be once a month or just having those conversations and also not kind of going back to, you don't have to hire someone if you don't have the capacity to like train them and fill in those gaps for them. Um, like not offering anything that you can't give because that makes things, um, a lot more complicated. And it also is like really disappointing and can be really, um, it can suck up the motivation of an employee when you give them all of these uh, promises and can't follow through on them. I think that's very, very important. And actually, I think it kind of lays down some of the things that I was thinking about when it comes from the first stages and then the continuation of kind of bringing somebody in the team. I have one more question for us. One more thing that I think can come up when, especially as people are going through the masterclass, if you're going through the masterclass and you're looking at getting organized, and then, you know, one of the things that we challenge you to do and under our challenges to do is to actually create uh, the, the job posting itself, which is very exciting. But then one of the things that I think about is how do we, especially if we want to um, encourage people not to think about it as a, you know, a traditional job application, but we want to actually see our people in action, maybe. We want to just kind of get an idea of how their working style is because we talked about it a lot. Personally, that's a priority for me. So I'm going to just say it. For me, it's a priority to understand people's working style. One, to understand if we can work together but to also to understand how can I adapt to it. So what is your what are your thoughts around 
you know, activities like prep tasks, potentially even obviously kind of paid prep tasks, for example, and things like that, or just, you know, I'm going to call them homework because we're at school, but little homework or little things you can get, you know, some of the shortlisted candidates to do to actually see how they would work with you. What are some of your thoughts? What are some of the pros and cons? Some of the things to think about? Because I think that will be the next natural step. People finish their masterclass. Yeah, I got my job posting. I'm going to put it on. Swifting for people, thinking about everything we talked about, and then potentially helping them understanding, okay, this could be something that could work. What are some of your thoughts on that? When it comes to like prep tasks or like projects, I you mentioned it. I think that they are okay if you are compensating people for their time. I don't believe in uh, requiring free labor for someone to be considered for a job. So I think keeping that in mind and also, you know, making sure it's not too much of an undertaking. Um, I think it kind of, it just continues to go back to the clarity piece of like, what actually do you need to know that they can do before they do it before they can be hired to do the job. Like if you are hiring a writing position and you have them write something or submit a portfolio, I think that's totally valid because if they can't write well, then they're not going to be really great at the job and they're probably going to be miserable and you are going to be miserable. Um, so I think like just getting really clear on what skills are actually required before they start that I need them to do and how can I how can I prompt them to showcase that? So the projects you could do, you know, submitting a portfolio of work or um, you can have them walk you through past work or like a past project that they've done um, where you can ask questions. Um, you can ask them about like certain industry trends. Like if you're in, you know, marketing, like are they in this world? Do they know what they're talking about? Um, and you could also ask them like hypothetical questions that are related to their role. So I see like customer service um, type roles are like, you know, if someone comes back saying, da, 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 what are you going to do? Um, how would you respond to a situation like this? Or like, what are some ways you would improve this situation? Um, so I think there are multiple ways to do it where it's not creating a job for them that they are not getting paid for yet like that I don't agree with that but it still allows them to uh express themselves and show what they do know um and then show you what you know and then if they you're still not sure after that then I think you know maybe they're just not the right fit for you you know I love the idea of understanding uh, creating a, hypothetical examples to kind of see what will be their behaviors. I think that tells you a lot about how people work or some of the things they know or where they may be lacking that knowledge. And there's also that choice. It might be that you're okay with them not being able to fully answer the question or answer the question as you wanted because you understand that that's a lack of knowledge instead of maybe uh, a behavior that, or, you know, um, solution that doesn't necessarily fit to, let's say again, with your company culture or your values, because they can also come down to that sometimes, especially I'm thinking about customer service now more than marketing, but that could be a great example. So I love that. I think it's just, I think that is, you know, those things that are not talked about because they feel a bit taboo and because they're not talked about, people either do it and then just, you nobody knows what to say, or they just don't do it because they don't know any better. So 
Thank you for giving us some better alternatives because I think that's going to be really, really helpful for so many people. Yeah. Thank you so much for all this knowledge. I hope we got people excited to check out our Getting Organized for Hiring Masterclass that you're going to be hosting for us. I'm so excited. Just as a reminder, allmarketingschool.com slash courses to find out more about it and check it out and access it forevermore. Super excited about this. What we add before we finish is a section of the main podcast that we do. We add it for you as well, because I think it's nice to get to know our people, especially the new faculty we bring into the family. So I've got a quick fire. I know you're tired. I know you're probably sweating by now. <laughs> She's like, I am. I need my AC on. <laughs> Woman, I need my AC on. Save me. So um, it's going to be quick, I promise. All I wanted to do is choose between the two options I'm giving you. and I'm going to do a bit of a round through some of them. We ready? I think so. Perfect. Spotify playlist or podcast? Podcast. Voice note or text? I love a voice note. <laughs> love a voice note. For, for pleasure, fun, work, all of them, where would you sit? On voice notes? Yeah. Uh, honestly, all of the above. I love a voice note over a meeting for work. I love a voice note personally because it always is like some kind of like juicy story. Like it just is like text isn't enough for what I'm about to say, which I love. Um, and I love that you can, at least on WhatsApp, you can like make it two times, which for an ADHD brain is like crucial to be able to get through um, an audio only experience. But yeah, I love it for, for all facets of my life. I love a voice memo. Awesome. Carousels or reels? Oh, that's hard. I love, I love a carousel. I don't know, reels sometimes scare me because I never know if my volume's on or not. And so when they come across, it kind of freaks me out. Um, but I love a carousel. I can take my time. Reels sometimes overwhelm me. So this is going to be interesting as well. TikTok or YouTube? I watch a lot of YouTube. I probably am on YouTube more than I am on TikTok. TikTok is like a once a week thing, but it's like a two hour once a week thing in one sitting. <laughs> um, Whereas YouTube, I'm on like every day. So I, I love YouTube. It's almost like that kind of like respite of that you would have with like TV the old days where you would see a little, you know, kind of check what's on and check what's been like dropping lately. I find that that's a lot of the habits that I know I personally have been having with YouTube. It's just kind of going back and check, you know, my favorite creators, what they've been up to and then just kind of looking if I want to check the latest stuff they, they've been releasing. There's a lot of that element of consumption I'm less maybe in the discoverability unless I have an intent to look for something whereas obviously as you say TikTok can be just more of that rabbit hole as well yeah our question to you is memes or gifs why does this feel life or death to me <laughs> like oh my god um I think gifs because it's just funnier I feel like they add more context to things because it's like moving I guess um so yeah, I would say yes. I also, I'm a huge like Bravo TV person. So like, I love a Real Housewives gif. Like I, I just, I think they're hilarious. You get to relive the moments. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, obviously there's no right or wrong answer, but gifs is the right answer. But um, what I'm trying to say is, I love the fact that gifs, and I say this all the time, so dear listener, please bear with me. Uh, but it adds, you know, you can have different contexts as well, depending on what you're talking about. The same gift can have different meanings. I don't know. It gives me life because of that. Gifts can become memes in the way that you use them. So like a meme, but gifts, again, they, they are the foundation for me. So fair I enough. Agree. Fair enough. Okay, Thank I'm glad so. I answered correctly. <laughs> 
there's no way or wrong that I'm gonna say that, but whenever somebody says gift, then I get really excited because, you know, I finally try. Because I, th I know that there are some people that are like, gifts are still so millennials, so old, what are you doing with your life? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna embrace it. No. So, thank you. Sometimes a gift is the only thing that can really express what needs to be expressed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And with that, Andrea, thank you so much again for being with us. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. I'm so excited for people to access the masterclass as well because it's been a pleasure and a delight to hear as well, my, myself firsthand. If people want to find out more about you beyond that, can you remind us again where should they go and where can they find out more? Um, you can find me on Substack uh, under Rebellious Systems. I have a newsletter that I write all about my bizarre systems that I use as a neurodiverse uh, entrepreneur. So if you relate to that or you're a creative and your brain just like, I think you called people squirrel brains at the beginning. If you have like squirrely brains, then it's it's the right newsletter for you. Those are my people. So uh, that's the best place to find me. I'm also on Instagram at Type C Creative. I don't post very much, but um, Substack is definitely the way to go. Thank you so much. And thank you, dear listener. Again, go to allmarketingschool.com slash courses to find out all our masterclasses, including Andrea is going to drop very soon. Potentially already dropped by the time you're listening. That's how time traveling works. Until next time, class dismissed.